Welcome to Insiders, our Oxford University Media Society podcast, brought to you by Accenture Song, the world's largest digital agency that is creating growth through relevance at the speed of life. I'm Evan Burke, and today I'm joined by Rodri Williams, Chair of S4C and former Director of Ofcom in Wales. We discuss the importance of the Welsh language media and the future of the channel's digital strategy. I'm Rodri Williams and I'm the chair of what is currently known as the Shadow Unitary Board. So we are operating as a unitary board with the permission of the UK government, but waiting for legislation to confirm those arrangements before it comes an official unitary board. And how did your role as director of Ofcom in Wales influence you in your current role? Well, I don't suppose there was a there was a better place than than Ofcom to observe the sea change that has taken place in the UK, indeed in the global media market, moving from a world that was dominated by linear television channels and people viewing content when program or channel controllers decided they could watch that content to a digital world where not only is there a huge proliferation of content, most of it available in English, uh, but more and more available these days with subtitles. I, I think if somebody had told me, you know, 15 years ago that somebody would be watching something called the Squid Game uh, with <laughs> with subtitles, I'd have sort of said, no, no, that's not going to happen. But not only is there a, a proliferation in the, the amount of content that's available, the whole means of distributing that content across the whole of the, the globe has changed. And people are no longer reliant on the channel controllers to decide what they'll want, watch when. They can decide for themselves what kind of content they want to watch, uh, where they want to watch it, on what device they want to watch it, and when they want to watch it. And I think that the challenge for incumbents, whoever they are, whether they are large ones like the the BBC or ITV, or whether they are very small ones like S4C, the challenge is to adapt one's strategy in, in response to that and to try and work out how best to cater for audiences in the way that those audiences now want to access content. It's early days, I think, as far as as far as we are concerned. We certainly haven't, you know, cracked that as yet. We are in the process of evolving you know, a, di- a digital distribution strategy. But of course, the majority of viewing is still to our linear channel. So we can't turn our back on that. It's not a question of, you know, doing one thing instead of something else. You have to operate the uh, both distribution strategies in, in parallel with each other. But the key is, I think, to not to think of S4C as a linear television channel, which is, which is how it has been thought of, not only by those outside the organization, but that's how the organization thought of itself. So 
I would describe the process as one of sort of redefining our purpose, refreshing the 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 creative vision that drives what we do, and you know, reimagining ourselves as a fully digital media organization that distributes content on a, a wide variety of platforms with the aim of getting to a, a broader, a more diverse audience than we would get if we simply stuck to producing content on a linear television channel. So it's really interesting that one of your first thoughts there was to bring up Squid Games and subtitles. Do you think there's any value in Welsh subtitles on English media, as was with Red Notice? I don't know if you heard about this, but Ryan Reynolds, because he owns Wrexham, his new film came out on Netflix, and there was a big publicity around Welsh language subtitles. And I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the gimmick, but that's kind of how I felt. Um, Would you have anything to say for perhaps bringing that as a facet of S4C? Or is that something that you think should remain a gimmick? Well, I think we certainly have to expand the use we make of subtitles on our content. Traditionally, I think the focus has been on uh, providing English language subtitles in order to allow people who don't speak Welsh to access the content. What we're finding now as more and more people are interested in Welsh and maybe don't speak it themselves, but their children go to Welsh medium schools and they want to understand more about that, uh, that there's actually a demand out there for more Welsh language subtitling on Welsh language content so that people can learn the vocabulary and keep up. So generally speaking, you know, we are well disposed towards subtitling. And I think as far as, you know, our international distribution of content is concerned, quite often, certainly the programs that have, you know, that have grabbed the headlines in terms of their international reach have been those that have been produced back to back. So you you have a a Welsh language version for us and then an English language version for the BBC or Channel 4 or whoever the partner would be. And it's typically then the English language version of that that is sold internationally. Whereas I think certainly, you know, post the the arrival of the, the Nordic noir dramas, where I used to watch The Bridge for instance, with subtitles, and didn't think anything about it. I think people now, wherever they are in the world, are more more willing to watch content in sub, with subtitles, and hopefully that would allow us to sell more of the Welsh-only produced material to an international market. Not that there's you know a great amount of money involved in it, the, the sort of rate card for, for selling content between one one territory and and another uh, is quite modest but there is a a benefit i think in 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 making people aware of our existence of people getting to know of wales as a you know a, a creative stronghold if you like that it has a, a, you know a growing reputation for producing drama uh, some of it indigenous you know, drama produced in Wales about Wales, but also as a location for international co-productions from across the globe. And all of that is 
beneficial one to the Welsh economy and two to the creative sector in Wales that is is growing in stature and in confidence and that then allows of course people who may have started their careers working for us you know for a production company making content for S4C to go and work on a on a production for HBO or for Netflix and to come back and to to work on another production for us and that goes for not just you know, producers, directors, it goes for the whole te- you know, technical crew that are involved in those large-scale ambitious drama projects. So there's definitely a benefit there for Wales, and we'd like to see see more of that happening. Okay, so that's really cool, because I know His Dark Materials was filmed partly in Wales, and there's a real... Wales is versatile, not only in terms of landscape, but in terms of maybe even public domain folklore. There's a, there's a rich culture of storytelling in Wales. And I feel like that's something that is frequently tapped into. But do you think there's a struggle with showing contemporary Welsh life on screen, especially in terms of, I know I certainly live bilingually within my household. I'm not speaking Welsh constantly, but it's, it's often factored in quite randomly to my speech. And do you think the production companies struggle with making something that maybe isn't completely in Welsh or completely in English and struggle to show how frequently that's interchanged? Uh, I, I don't know to what extent I'd say that production companies struggle with it. I think it's, it's broadcasters who, who, who struggle with it more because they, are, at the end of the day, are the commissioners and the sort of when they are commissioning something, will will instruct the production company as to what they're looking for. And I think, you know, looking across the board, sometimes co-production partners who work with us will want, you know, an entirely English version. On other occasions, they'll be willing to have some Welsh in it and to subtitle that in their mostly English language production. I think from our side, sometimes there is a, a sort of fear, if you like, of engaging with that sort of bilingual nature of Welsh society where people are worried, saying, well, this is a Welsh drama. We can't have too much English, is it? Because, you know, why it's, it's, it's supposed to be on S4C. And, you know, there are people who actually think there shouldn't be any anything on S4C or that S4C pays for should be in Welsh and Welsh alone. But, you know, as you, as you quite rightly point out, that's not how we, how we live our lives. People move back and forth between Welsh and English all the time. And sometimes there are people present who don't understand the Welsh content. Sometimes they understand part of it. And, you know, certainly I don't think there's a, a one-size-fits-all answer to this. I think when you're commissioning content... There needs to be a range of material, some of which might be, and certainly in terms of what we currently produce and you know, commission, there are there are series that are entirely in Welsh. There are others that have a little English in them. There are some that have more. But my view is that you know we need to to explore and not to be afraid to to experiment, if you like, with different patterns. And depending on the content, to be willing to you know to try different things, 
I think you ha it has to be driven by the content, though. I think that's the key thing. There's no point in saying, ah, you know, here's the linguistic principle that will guide this production. You've got to come at it from what does the script say? What's the story about? Is that a story that would be that would be better told by allowing people to make uh, use of, of you know of more than one language of Welsh as well as English? So. We'll certainly be commissioning more drama. You know, drama is a is a key genre as far as S4C is concerned, in terms of uh, the quality of the output, the engagement we get from audiences, and the ability to to co-produce with with other broadcasters. So getting you know more money into the production, which then enables people to to secure you know, high production values. But we'll be producing you know, more drama in Welsh and only in Welsh that isn't co-produced. But equally, we'll be continuing. You know, we have had uh, considerable success with co-produced -pro co back-to-back, as we call them, productions. And they will remain an important part of uh, S4C's drama output for, you know, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, because I think that in school, I remember reading Bladeyworth by Saunders Lewis and thinking, this would make an excellent feature film. This would just be incredible because it's it's almost like Tolkien, isn't it, in the way it's written. Yeah. And then also at the same time, watching things like Hinterland or Aguith and being like, having the two languages integrated and, you know, one shown on BBC Wales, one on S4C, that was also really interesting. So I, I agree with you in terms of experimentation. So that kind of leads me on to asking, when you commission something, how, what's your sort of business model? What's your relationship with the producers? And how much creative influence do you have over them as they're producing? Well, uh, I, I'm probably not the best person to, <laughs> to answer that question. In a, you know, I, I'm not directly involved in the commissioning process myself. But I, I think, you know, it's a... Obviously you know, one is looking for the best creative ideas and they inevitably come from the producers themselves. They are the, you know, the true creatives who have an idea and who have the enthusiasm to translate that idea into what hopefully will turn out to be compelling content. On the other hand, you know, as, a, as any broadcaster or distribution channel, we at S4C have ideas about what we think would would be best suited in 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 different circumstances. So there's a a creative conversation between our commissioning editors and chief content officer and the companies, which usually you know unless unless somebody tells me that I'm completely wrong here, but I think usually ends up in a you know, in an agreement about what it is they're trying to achieve, and if there are any you know specific requirements or guidance from our point of view, that the 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 producers themselves are aware of those, and are happy to operate within within those guidelines. Obviously, I think sometimes you can get some creative tension, and I you know speaking as as someone who I I didn't used to produce drama programs, but. Yeah, as a producer of, of factual programs in the past, I could certainly sometimes feel 
you know, frustration when people working for the broadcaster would say, well, you know, I don't quite think that works. I'd like you to do it like this. But those discussions, you know, they're, they're a part of the creative process, wherever, you know, I think the same goes if you work for, for Netflix or the BBC or HBO or Paramount. It, it, it's a normal thing within the industry. And as long as people come to it with, a, with an open mind and a, you know, a willingness to find creative solutions and you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're creative people, so they should be able to do that. So I, I think on the whole, it's a, you know, a good partnership between broadcaster and producer that gets something that in, at the end of the day, both parties are happy with. And quite often you'll find that a production company you know, will thank the broadcaster for some guidance, whether it's whilst recording the content or in the edit suite, looking at things slightly differently, having you know, different views on how you put something together and what is suitable for for different kinds of content you know if you if you have more than one voice it can sometimes be easier to come to a come to a conclusion so i i, I think it's a you know on the whole the part, you know the partnerships we see between producers and broadcasters is a is a positive one a creative one that ends up with better content than maybe had it been left to one person alone so am i right in saying there's no commercial wing to SFC in the same way as BBC and BBC Studios have that relationship and that everything you put out is an external producer like Channel 4 that's the sort of setup that's the that's the model yes we are a although not 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 formally uh, uh, you know committed to that in legislation we are a publisher broadcaster so all of the audio-visual material that S4C distributes, with one exception, there's a small amount of news, digital news programming that we actually produce in-house. But all of the rest comes from independent production companies. And, and I think myself, you know, that that has brought great benefits to the sector. One benefit was that you know, prior to S4C's existence, the television industry in Wales existed in Cardiff, uh, and in you know almost one part of Cardiff exclusively. Now we have production companies based across Wales in 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 Swansea, in Llanelli. You know, you have Chwarel, uh, a company in Cricket in North Wales that produces one of Channel Four's most successful daytime programmes, The Great House Giveaway. Tiam Them on Esperwek and other production companies in Anglesey and around Carnarvon. So I think that's a that's it's good for the Welsh economy, but more importantly, I think it's good for the for the creativity that that the industry. In the same way, I mean, it's taken longer, but you know, by now, if you look at what's happening across the UK as a whole, the BBC and Channel Four have. Ofcom imposed quotas in place to ensure that their their productions come from different parts of the UK. And I think that actually gives you better content at the end of the day. You have people living where they want to live, doing what they want to do. And I think that's when you get the best out of people rather than saying, well, if you want to work in this industry, you have to you have to live in Cardiff. So it, it's that's been beneficial. And I, I, I think it it ensures that 
one of the things that a service like ours has to do, and this is true of other public service broadcasters, not the not the completely commercial ones, but the public service broadcasters do have to reflect back to audiences their own lives and their own reality. And I think it's much easier to do that if you if you have independent production companies uh, supplying you with ideas with content uh, and that they are based where they want to be based rather than uh, in, in one part of the country. So if this model seems to cultivate talent in a more direct way than maybe the BBC, BBC Studios relationship has, my next point is to do with Hamsh because that feels like when that content is put out, there's quite a lot of creative freedom with what they're putting out and I, I really enjoy it. And have you found that that tactic... Oh, sorry, sorry. What is Hansh? <laughs> and um, how successful have you found it to be? Well, that was probably uh, S4C's you know, f- first tentative steps towards digital-only or later on digital-first production and specifically aimed you know, at a younger, more diverse audience who would be familiar with the technology. To be honest, I think as an institution, we were probably a bit slow you know, getting to where we got to. Others had, had got there first, but I think it, it, it has been successful. I think we need to do more. You know, I, I think there needs to be a, a, a wider variety of content that is distributed and produced in that way. And of course, one of the one of the benefits, if you like, of that sort of digital distribution strategy is that the that it's easier, I suppose, to be to be more relaxed about you know, the way in which it's produced, the the subject matter, the language that's used. It, you know, it, you don't have exactly the same rules in place as you do for for linear television, and you're also producing more targeted content in that you know who the users are likely to be for that kind of thing so that you don't have to be more worried that it's going to cause offence perhaps to older, more traditional viewers. So, yeah, so far, so good. But, you know, we need a lot more of that. And, and I think broader uh, appeal to the content as well. I, th- I think it's been you know, successful in what we've done so far, and there are some pieces of of Hansch content that have then, you know, made it into into linear content, repurposed for the linear distribution platform. Uh, but we need to do a lot more of that. You know, at the, at the end of the day, S4C exists in order to try and you know help the the Welsh language survive and be used more widely and to do that you know we can't be complacent about oh well you know this worked and uh, it was okay and we're getting to to some people we need to broaden the appeal all the time and to think of you know the, the next developments in our content strategy that can allow more people to do what we've seen happening on Hatch. Okay so my, this kind of leads me to asking kind of how do you measure your success? Because I was reading articles about 15 years ago now, which made statements along the lines of like, 
a large proportion of your programming had zero viewers, but in actual fact, what was happening was that they were children's programs, they were Q, so you can't register someone under the age of four as a viewer, and Jeremy Hunt spoke about it, and there was a bit of an issue there. Mm. So I just wanted to ask, sort of your criteria for success, like how do you view a strategy as working, and how do you pivot when it's not? And I would imagine COVID would be an example of when you've had to pivot pretty quickly. <laughs> yes. Well, let, let me start by saying, you know, traditionally, you know, public service broadcasting in the UK has been measured by a, a you know a system that was put in place really to understand, you know, or to, to to create data that would allow people to charge for advertisements on ITV. That's you know, that's why the system existed, and. It does that quite well. It can tell you that so many million people watch the Wimbledon final. When you apply that same methodology to smaller, dare I say, niche services like S4C, it doesn't work as well. And I think it, it you know, that's what you know led to the the difficulties around zero viewers that you that that you you referred to, because. That system of measuring audiences is dependent on boxes plugged into people's television sets in their houses and you know, doesn't really do well in, in measuring smaller audiences. So I don't think it was very good in the first place. But I think more importantly now is the digital engagement with our content. I mean, that's primarily through the BBC's iPlayer. Uh, which distributes almost all of our, not, not everything, but almost all of our content. Uh, then we have our own player, Click. And then, of course, there is material that's distributed on Facebook, on YouTube, and anywhere else where we, where we can get it. And, of course, it's possible in that, in that digital arena to know more about who is watching the content, how long they're engaging with it for, what's their background, where they are in the in the world, and to learn a lot more about them. So I think that the challenge for us is to almost be prepared to ignore the, the traditional viewing of the linear channel, not to ignore the viewers, they are loyal and very, very important, but not to measure success in terms of how many people watch the linear channel. So success will be measured by engagement across a variety of distribution channels. The linear channel will be one of them. Uh, but I think going forward, the ability to grow audiences on digital channels will be more important to S4C than the number of, uh, of individuals that watch the linear channel. But it's, I'd say, you know, COVID certainly accelerated that whole process of moving people towards digital platforms. And thankfully, it did us a favor because typically viewers to our linear channel are older than, than perhaps they are. Although it, it's, if you, if you look at some of the other public service broadcasters, there is a tendency to attract a, you know, a, an older cohort. But you, you need to be able to, to sort of develop a, a, a far better way of measuring success that is dependent on 
you know, the, the, that variety of platforms that currently exist and new ones that come along. Because one thing we learn about the, you know, the digital age is that, you know, that things come, come and go. And as one platform maybe wanes, another one appears that, that, that is suddenly the one that people are using most of. And COVID certainly helped us because it accelerated that transition to digital platforms. And it actually, it, it ensured that lots of older people uh, suddenly learned you know, how to handle an iPad and, uh, and access content on, on, on less familiar platforms than they were used to. But that's, you know, it, it's clear that, you know, that is the direction of travel. It's not going to change. And we have to ensure that we can keep up with viewers' expectations. So, obviously, on the linear channel, there's advertising, there's revenue coming in there. Is it at all a worry as you transition possibly more towards the digital platform, especially if it's shown on iPlayer, that there's a loss of that revenue? That... That certainly is is an issue that you know the, the 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 commercial revenue that has been available is probably going to be less available on on digital platforms and clearly can't show it on on the iPlayer uh, at all because you know that that's operated by the BBC. But to be to be blunt about it, the commercial revenue isn't that substantial. Yeah, S4C cannot exist as a commercial being. We are entirely dependent on on the public purse for what we you know, we could not exist in in any kind of privatized manner. You know whether it would be a subscription model or advertising funded. You know UK public service broadcasters. You you have a a plethora of of different structures. You have the wholly publicly owned BBC, then Channel 4 is publicly owned but privately run. It, it, it's advertising funded. ITV is privately owned and entirely privately funded, as is Channel 5. And, you know, we are on the, the earlier part of that curve where you know, what we do can only happen with with public subsidy, you know, certainly for the for the foreseeable future, it would be impossible to imagine a world where you could get enough commercial revenue to fund what it is we do. So, actually, the the amount of commercial money that comes in through advertising and sponsorship is very small in relation to our total budget. So. It wouldn't be a disaster. I wouldn't want to lose it, to be perfectly honest. And I would certainly like to monetize to the extent that we can content that is distribu distributed digitally on, in other ways, on other platforms other than the iPlayer. But if it meant losing that income, it wouldn't have a, a dramatic effect on, on what we do. So I think, you know, we, we need to look at ways of maximizing our commercial income and seeing what we can do with that. We do have, a, you know, a, a, again, a very small pot of commercial income that has been inherited from you know, successful commercial ventures outside of television distribution in the past. But again, you know, that's a, 
uh, a nice to have, not a must have. Uh, the key imperative for us is to is to continue to produce compelling content in Welsh for audiences wherever they are. And if if we can if we can make some money along the way to help it, well, all well and good. But that's not why we exist. Yeah, because I suppose it's more about the great. There's a greater social purpose to S4C than money. And I just wanted to ask whether the you felt the style or the focus has changed at all with the change in CEO, because uh, you brought in Sean Doyle, previous CEO of Talk Talk, am I right? And I was just wondering why that move and how you felt things have gone in terms of your strategy since. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I think S4C as an institution you know, needed to, to refresh itself, needed to reinvent itself, to reimagine what kind of services it, it should deliver. And being able to recruit a chief executive with a large amount of experience in understanding consumers and adapting companies' offerings for the, to, to meet the needs of those consumers uh, was an important opportunity for us. And Sean has experience not only in, in the UK, but in the US and Canada, where, you know, where she's uh, undertaken you know, s- several high-level high positions in, in telecoms companies primarily. But that understanding of the importance of understanding your, your consumer base audience, we call it in television, but it's the same thing. Understanding the people who you're trying to get to, to, you know, to, uh, to interact with your contact content is, is a key one. Uh, and from my point of view, as you know, one of the people who sat on, sat on the appointment panel when, when Sean was appointed, the fact that she comes from outside of the immediate industry uh, means that she comes with a different perspective you know, a breath of fresh air is what 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 some people have uh, you know have called it. You know, some of our producers who've who've now got to know her and you know, got used to dealing with her see that as a uh, you know a, a great help in trying to achieve what what the board had sort of set as its strategy, which was primarily. You know, to re- reinvent itself as a as a digital provider of compelling content on all platforms, rather than a linear television channel. So, having Sean on board with the experience, the enthusiasm, and you know, you, I don't think uh, anyone should underestimate the you know the, the drive it takes to actually deliver something like that. You you have a smallish team of just over a hundred people within S4C itself who have been used to have been uh, you know over the the 40 years that S4C is in, or 39 and a bit at the moment but sh- shortly to be 40 years that the institution has existed has been you know f- solely focused on uh, maintaining a linear television service to actually redefine that and to th- to think, of new ways of delivering content uh, and of delivering new content as well uh, is is something that takes a you know a great amount of determination and and drive to actually sort of 
rein, reinvigorate the the organization give it a, a you know a new creative brief and then to ensure that it has the has the skills that are necessary in order to deliver that and you know Sean's a, a great asset to S4C in being able to lead that process excellent thank you very much for speaking to me pleasure anytime